Hey everyone, the It's All Journalism team wanted to remind you that we have an email newsletter where you can get all the latest news about our podcast. Go to our website, itsalljournalism.com, and follow the link to subscribe. And now, enjoy our latest episode. Instead of worrying only about, you know, what your owner is going to care about in terms of demanding profits, you get to care about the public and are you serving it? And that's a very appealing thing for most journalists. Identifying a sustainable revenue stream still eludes many newsrooms, but some news outlets have adopted a nonprofit model, which many see as the path all digital newsrooms should follow. I'm Michael O'Connell. This is It's All Journalism. In February, the Chronicle of Philanthropy announced that it had become a nonprofit and would soon be spinning off from its parent company, the Chronicle of Higher Education. Today, I'm joined by Stacey Palmer, the Chronicle of Philanthropy's editor. She's here to talk about the Chronicle's shift in focus and what that means for the nonprofit and the philanthropic community. Stacey, welcome to It's All Journalism. Wonderful to join you. So now you've been with the Chronicle of Philanthropy since it was founded in in 1988. Tell me about your journey to the Chronicle and and how it's changed over the years. Yeah, so the Chronicle of Higher Education, which covers colleges and universities, is where I was working when we decided that we would found another organization that would cover nonprofits. And so I was very excited to be part of a startup and especially to be covering something that other journalists were ignoring. And one of the things we really wanted to do was say, this is an important sector of our economy. It deserves coverage. So it was journalistically interesting, but it was also important for the field itself. Nonprofits were beginning to professionalize in a big way, and they needed some way of communicating. So that's how we decided that it was an important thing to do. And the world has changed dramatically. It's grown tremendously. There were you know, about 30,000 foundations. Now there are 120,000 of them. There are many, many more nonprofits. A lot of them are tiny little groups, but this field has just been growing and growing and growing, and it shows every sign of continuing to do so. What is it about the philanthropy and the nonprofit world that people just sort of don't understand? I think the most important thing they don't understand is that they don't realize how vital the nonprofit world is. There was a study that was done recently that found that only 5% of Americans thought that they had been helped by a nonprofit organization. Well, if most people went to college, go to a museum, perhaps were treated at a nonprofit hospital, there are all kinds of things that nonprofits do that touch our lives. And one out of every 11 Americans works at a nonprofit. So it's sort of astonishing that people don't even understand that this sector is important. And the reason that matters is that nonprofits count on our charitable contributions, they count on government funds, they count on volunteers. Our support really matters. And if people don't even know that these organizations exist or how they contribute, that makes our society a lot poorer. What is the Chronicle's relationship with those organizations? Are you just sort of covering the news? Are you kind of a cheerleader for them? Tell me, I guess. (laughs) 
we care that nonprofits do a good job and part of our role is to equip them to do a terrific job, but we are also watchdogs. There is not much regulation in this field. And so really it is the news media that needs to pay attention to what nonprofits are doing. The IRS does very, very little. States do very, very little. So that's why it's very important for the press to hold nonprofits accountable. So we're both helping nonprofits do better work, but also keeping our eye on them and making sure that they learn from one another. And sometimes that means that, you know, they learn from the mistakes and often scandals that nonprofits are involved in. Obviously, this is a podcast about journalism and, you know, a lot of what you do is journalistic in nature. Plus, you know, more and more news organizations are are turning to nonprofit models as a way to sustain. Tell me about that. You know, what have you noticed in the way that that's been developing over the last decade or so? Yeah, it's become a really popular move for a lot of organizations. We decided to go nonprofit ourselves. And you see tremendous growth in this time when local journalism especially is under threat. The nonprofit news model is something that is very attractive. A lot of nonprofit news organizations are very specialized. They'll focus, you know, something like the Marshall Project will focus on criminal justice, chalkbeat on education. The 19th covers women's issues. And so it's a different way of thinking about the news. And it's very mission oriented. And that's why it really fits with the nonprofit model. When you're a nonprofit, you think about two things. You think about your impact. You know, you have to measure that. And you still have to have a strong bottom line. You still have to be sustainable. But instead of worrying only about, you know, what your owner is going to care about in terms of demanding profits, you get to care about the public and are you serving it? And that's a very appealing thing for most journalists. Yeah. And of the organizations or the publications I've talked to who are in that space, it allows them to sort of focus in. You mentioned the Marshall Project, for example, in the 19th. News organizations can put more resources directed at something and go out and try to support and sort of demonstrate why it's important to uh, support this type of journalism. But, you know, also a lot of times people, when people think about nonprofits, they're also thinking about political organizations Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and people who are advocating in the political arena. So, I mean, how is the way journalism is using the nonprofit model different or the same? Yeah. One of the things that if you're a charity and you're allowed to offer tax deductible contributions, which is basically what that means is you're not allowed to be partisan and you can't get involved in those kinds of things. And so most of these organizations that are springing up to be nonprofit news organizations are using that model. And so it does mean that they can't intervene in politics in any kind of way. One of the stories that we all have to cover, though, is the way that the tax code does allow you to move money around all the concerns about dark money and that sort of thing. And we all have to be careful about that. You know, somebody could try to fund one of our organizations with an agenda. And so that's why we would have to vet donors to be very careful that somebody isn't trying to use any of our organizations in in an improper way. But that is really one of the big stories right now in the nonprofit world is the way political money is flowing into a number of different kinds of organizations. And just to understand, it's the IRS who determines who is a nonprofit and who's not a nonprofit. Yes. You have to apply for that status. So tell me, you know, why did you think it was important, or not necessarily you, but why did the Chronicle think it was important to become nonprofit? One of the things we really were looking at is how did we could we expand our mission? We received a grant in 2020 that allowed us to have a partnership with the Associated Press and the Conversation, which said 
tell the world more about how nonprofits work. We want you to form a reporting team and educate the public about nonprofits and their importance to society. And once we started doing that, we realized there are a lot of other news organizations we ought to be trying to influence as well and say that this is just an important area to cover. And as we thought about how to do that, we said, it will be important for us to grow to have this be a nonprofit mission. It won't expand as much if we stay in our for-profit lane. So we decided we wanted to go ahead and do that. And that enabled us to really have that focus on our mission as much as our bottom line. Okay. And have you learned anything? I mean, is the perspective very different since you've switched over to the nonprofit or is it kind of, this is what we sort of plan to do? A lot of people always thought the Chronicle was a nonprofit because we acted that way in terms of a focus on mission and serving our audiences and really helping people who are trying to advance the common good do their jobs better. So, you know, it wasn't probably a shock to people when we became a nonprofit, but you know, it's wonderful to be in the same shoes as your reader and understand all of the rules and challenges that they face. And so that's been an added benefit of working as a nonprofit. It also is important because it allows us to accept philanthropic contributions ourselves. So while we have strong revenue from advertising and all the traditional sources that most news organizations have, we're also able to accept philanthropic capital. And that's what allows innovation. And that was the model it was operating on under before the the advertising. Yeah, advertising, subscriptions. We also do a very strong webinar program providing professional development. So we earn fees for that kind of thing. Okay. Do you have membership or is it just that we cover this community in a sense of like a you know, something that watches over an industry. Yeah. So people can subscribe to the Chronicle and that allows them access to all of the information we publish. So it's very much a model that's like other news organizations. We may consider going to a membership, but right now subscriptions make sense. And one of the things we use our philanthropic contributions to do and sponsorships is to make material available free. So we often do a lot of live briefings. Next week, we're doing one on affirmative action and what the ruling means and making that accessible to everybody is an important part of our mission as well. So nobody has to pay for that. As a nonprofit news organization, you know, what steps have you taken to, in terms of like transparency and why is transparency important? It's extremely important because we cover nonprofits and foundations. We have to disclose every time we are writing about one of our funders. So we make sure whenever we mention any of them that we disclose to the reader that they're a financial supporter. We list on our website all of our supporters and we have a code of ethics that we have posted as well that makes it really clear that none of our funders ever see any of the information we're writing before the reader does. They can't interfere in what we're doing. And none of them have tried to, which is one of the things that made us feel very comfortable about making the switch. We tried a few philanthropic grants before we decided to go nonprofit to be sure that nobody would try to interfere in any way that made us uncomfortable. And smart foundations know that it's best to support the organizations that do good work and get out of the way. So how does the Chronicle work to encourage better journalistic coverage of the nonprofit community? 
That's one of the things that we're most excited about our, in our expansion. We have a fellowship program where we select a group of organizations that we work with for a year, helping them better cover the world of nonprofits. And we do that spending the whole year with them because you can go to plenty of film nonprofit conferences and learn the techniques and you hear about it for a day and you say, oh, I'm going to go back to my newsroom and cover nonprofits and you're very excited about it and then you don't do it. And so we provide sustained coaching, understanding of how nonprofits work, encouragement of you know what sources to work with. And I'm very delighted to see that some of that coverage is getting a lot of attention. One of the groups that we work with is the Boulder Reporting Lab, and they were looking at what happened after Boulder had a terrible, terrible wildfire. And, you know, the community foundation raised more money than any community foundation had ever raised to deal with a disaster. And they said, well, what's happening with this money? What, who's it going to? And, you know, what are the proper processes? Who are the people who are deciding this kind of thing? And they did a series of excellent pieces. And it's now up for uh, an award by the Institute for Nonprofit News. So I'm very glad to see that this kind of coverage is starting to get attention and people can realize that, you know, I think some people think sometimes covering charities is just about do-gooders and isn't real journalism. There's plenty of real journalism to be done in this field. Okay. Can you give me an example of some of that journalism? The example I have of the Community Foundation, for example, is that we've looked at, you know, groups that are serving the homeless, for example, some of them in some communities are not doing what they promised they were going to do. And that's often a strand of what you can do when you're looking at organizations. What did they say they were going to do? What did they tell donors who are supporting them that they were going to do? You know, those gifts come from you and me sometimes, you know, directly writing from our checkbooks, but also our taxes are subsidizing. These groups are tax exempt. They offer tax deductions. We should say, are they making a difference in any kind of way? We also look at the way that people are innovating. So some of our fellows worked on things like, you know, getting jobs for refugees, you know, and things like that. So it's not always about, you know, what kind of scandal in terms of misuse of money, but really it's an important question of what is happening, who's taking care of the people who are marginalized, who might not get attention in other ways. So there's often a lot of stories about that. It won't surprise you that many of the pieces that folks are working on lately have to do with gun violence and organizations that are trying to stop that in their communities. We're all trying to figure out what works. And so we looked at a number of organizations that have various models to try to figure out what can curb all of the violence that's happening in so many communities. It sort of goes back to what you were talking about being a, a watchdog and this idea that most people don't really understand how many nonprofits there are out there. But if you're giving money to something or you're, you've designated some non nonprofit to take care of, a, I don't know, some public land or a, a park or something, and they fail to do that, who is the person, you know, who's holding them accountable? Too often, nobody is holding them accountable until the press decides to do something about it. I think probably most of your listeners know about the reporting David Farenthold did at the Washington Post on Trump's charity, and there was no charity happening there. But nobody, none of the regulators were following that until he did the reporting. Yeah, and that's something you see, sometimes see with things like you know political campaigns where groups suddenly form and are they're really just, I don't want to say laundering money, but questionable practices of how money is being used. Are there any particular challenges for a digital newsroom, do you think, of becoming a nonprofit? I think 
the challenge we all have is having enough people to cover a field that requires so much attention and there's so many terrific stories. Nonprofits work on every kind of cause all across the country and all around the world. And so our challenge really is to make sure we have enough people who can be on top of all of the issues and make sure that our opinion section is full of insightful ideas. One of the real challenges I think the nonprofit world faces is very polarized, just like the rest of society. So conservatives and liberals often talk past each other. So trying to make sure there's real debate, there's good fact-based evidence. Those are some of the kinds of challenges that we end up facing. So it's really a question of, you know, how do you do a lot with still a limited number of resources? Every reporter in my newsroom would say that we could have a newsroom three times the size, and there are that many stories that are worth covering. Newsrooms, I mean, there's always more to do, and you're always shorthanded. But this idea that, you know, moving to a nonprofit model, oh, this is going to fix things, but it also introduces the idea that, okay, well, then what does that mean? You know, how do you identify organizations or people or grants that are going to sustain you? I mean, are there resources available for, say, a newsroom that wanted to that is new to the nonprofit space that they should go to? Yeah, there are a lot of funders who are interested in supporting nonprofit news at this point. A lot of people have probably heard that the MacArthur Foundation is considering an effort that is is expected to be very expansive and attract a lot of other funders. They've started advertising for program officers, so people have high expectations that there's going to be money that way. There's been a lot of discussion among funders in the field about what they should do to prop up local journalism, especially. So it's easier to see that money will come that way to, you know, help deal with the news deserts and those kinds of places, whether it's going to be as easy to attract funding for organizations focused on a specific cause. I think, you know, then you have to find the funders who, let's say, care about something like criminal justice and want to support that. Yeah. To your point before about, you know, making sure that they do the the coverage, making sure they have enough resources to actually accomplish what they set out to do. I would imagine that's that's something that maybe even just beyond staffing up, but just being able to present yourself as a, you know, a targeted organization that knows what it's doing. That's actually the real key is that nonprofits need to be sustainable, just like businesses do. You know, we have a chief revenue officer, we have somebody who works on audience and content development, people who sell advertising, people who do all of those kinds of things that you have in traditional newsrooms. You still need that because you need to be sustainable. Most foundations that are interested in supporting journalism want to do something to help organizations get off the ground, but they don't want to be there forever. They expect us to all earn our way and make sure that we're serving readers in a terrific way. So I think one of the things experts are worried about is that maybe some of these nonprofits are not paying as much attention to developing that sustainable revenue model. And it's got to come from all kinds of sources. Yeah. You can't just be focused on one because one can can disappear. Mm-hmm. So what's on the horizon for the uh, Chronicle of Philanthropy? The next thing we plan to really focus on is developing uh, commons so that more people can debate important issues and we make sure that we really are becoming a more pluralistic society and that we talk about those kinds of things, help people exchange great ideas. And we also hope to expand our fellowship program, our partnerships with other news organizations, make sure that we are showing more of them that it's very important to cover this world. There was a recent study that American Journalism Project did that 
really focuses on the reasons we should cover nonprofits. It said people, you know, in their communities, they want news that helps them make a difference. They want news that helps them make a difference. When you cover nonprofits, you play into that need. And so all of us who are worried about the fact that people seem to be avoiding news these days, and that's going to damage our organization, there's an easy way to do that. You know, go look at the people who are solving problems in your community, write about them, help readers get engaged with them, and readers will come back. Okay. Well, I think you've given us a lot to think about. Like I said, there are many uh, newsrooms that are asking whether the nonprofit model is for them. Stacy, thanks for coming on the podcast and good luck with the new nonprofit Chronicle of Philanthropy. Thanks very much. And if your listeners want more information about how to cover nonprofits, we're always here to help. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who report the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter. To make sure you don't miss an episode of It's All Journalism, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Amazon, and pretty much anywhere good podcasts are found. If you'd like to help us grow our podcast, like and share our episodes on social media. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicola Grisco is our audio producer. Amber Healy writes our web content. Amelia Brust is our booking manager. Steph Thomas manages our social media. Nick Dupre composed our theme music. Carolyn Bolevsky designed our logo. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Thanks for listening. <laughs>